So we are going to begin a new series. We're going to read some scripture here, and then I'm going to let you sit down. Uh, but we are starting a new series called Rest. I thought that was a good idea coming off this sabbatical. What does it mean to rest? And the big idea for this whole series, we're going to say this over and over again, and the, the big idea for this whole series is this, is I, I can find rest in the midst of my stress. I can find rest in the midst of my stress. Turn to somebody right now, three people, and say, hey, you can get some rest today. You can get some rest today. Today is a day for rest. So this series is based on Psalm 23, very famous uh, scripture, probably the most famous poetic poem in all of um, human history. It has been quoted for thousands of years by presidents, world leaders, believers and non-believers alike. The 23rd Psalm, it's probably the most beloved in all of Scripture. And I want us to say it together. It's going to be our theme Scripture for this whole series, and we're going to learn how to rest through it. So let's put it on the screen here, and let's just say this uh, together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. One more time, say it again. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus, those of us who are followers of Jesus, this is the cry of our heart, is it not this? Let's say it again. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, we gather today as your people to hear from you. We need you, almighty God, to be in this place today and to speak to each one of us. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can make that the cry of your heart today. God, speak to me. He wants to speak to you no matter whether you've been walking with Jesus for 30 years or you've been away from him for 30 years. He can speak to you today. And let's just ask for that right now. God, speak to me. I know you have a word for me. And would you pray for me as your pastor? I want to be faithful to the scriptures and what God has for us. And if you're ready for me to be back and hear from the word, give me a big amen. amen. All right, before you see to turn to somebody and say, man, I'm glad Brad's back. Man, I am glad Brad's back. All right, good, good, good. That, that was just for my ego. That's all that was for. So make me, hey, we had some great speakers. We had some great communicator. Daniel did an amazing job these uh, last three weeks with the series he did called Context. Great job on that. A worship team battling through a broken down sound system. How many of you knew the sound system was broken? Anybody? How many of you knew? How many of you did not know the sound system was broken? Okay, you can go get your hearing check. Okay, that's what you need to do. No, uh, our sound system broke a couple weeks ago, and they have battled through that. And I'm just, uh, I, I love our team here. I, I mean this with all sincerity. Uh, Laura and I uh, went to all over the country and saw so many great churches. And I, I want to say this, the spirit of God is alive in churches all over this country. God is moving and it's so exciting to walk into these churches and see men and women just like you and just like me that are serving the Lord. 
They're greeting at the door. They're making the coffee. They're working with the kids, and they're getting the seats ready and the sound, and it's just so exciting to see that all over. Volunteers, like thousands and thousands of volunteers, you're a part of that all over the world. The Spirit of God is, is moving. But as I went to all of these different churches, I just kept wanting to come home. I just kept wanting to come back because I missed you, and this is home for us, and I, I want to be a pastor here as long as God will let me be pastor here and as long as you'll let me be uh, pastor here, if that's okay with you. All right, four of you are on board with that. That's great. Seriously, golf applause. I came back after eight weeks, Laura. That's what I got like. Yeah. <laughs> I just get up here every week to build my self-esteem. That's all this is about. Let's just make Brad feel better about himself. His confidence is in the, well, never mind. All right. I'm trying to use a filter because I didn't use a filter in the first service, so I'm trying to use a better filter. Been off for eight weeks, so I had my preacher filter back on. So if you're a guest today or you brought a friend with you today, I, I'm going to put my Jesus filter on. I'm going to try to do better this service, okay? Um, on the sabbatical, there's a lot of things we did, a lot of things, ways that God spoke to me, and, um, and people have been asking me, man, I just can't wait till you get up, and, I, and what has God been saying to you? And I say, one of, the, one of the biggest things God spoke to me about was this thing called essential oils. How many of y'all know what those, some of y'all know what those are? How many of you know what essential oils are? So you got one of those friends, don't you? Okay, so you do. Um, I, I kind of knew sort of what these things were, and we went to Missouri to a family reunion to see Laura's family, because that's what you do at a family reunion, uh, and her cousins are all into these essential oils. And I've come to discover that it's just simply voodoo. That's all it is. It is voodoo. And do not put it near you. Or so they are trying to indoctrinate her into these essential oils. And they're trying to convince me that she needs these essential oils. So they're telling me all these different things. Have you heard all these different cures? And all these? It's, it's insane. They, the line they give you is this. Oh, there, there's an oil for that. There's an oil for that. Like, Laura, they found out I, I snore, and they said, there's an oil for that. I'm like, what? Yeah, it, it's called a pillow. You put it over my head. That keeps me from snoring. And there's an oil. I'm not making this up. You, you're supposed to put it on your big toe, and it keeps you from snoring at night. You ain't touching my toe with that oil. Get that voodoo away from me. And then I was outside, and, and, and it was a good, uh, nice, beautiful evening, and I was like, man, it's so great, the mosquitoes aren't out, because I, I am just prone to getting mosquito bites, and like, oh, there's an oil for that. I'm like, man, there's an oil for everything. They have deodorant oil. It's like this lemon stuff you're supposed to put in your pits, so you, you smell like lemon sweat. I mean, it's just insane. They have an oil. If you've got a whiny, fussy kid, you're supposed to put like this lavender oil on their stuffed animals so they can go and sniff it, okay? I got something for you, it's called Dramamine. Works way better, okay? So they have these oils, and they're trying to indoctrinate her, convince me that it's, they, they wanted her to get the starter kit. Some of you seen the starter kit, haven't you? This thing, they should call it the kidney kit because you gotta give a kidney and sell one in order to purchase one because it's so stinking expensive. I'm like, what does this thing come with? And so, anyway, so she wants to get this, and then, and then they're telling me, and then they find, they, I'm not, I'm seriously, I'm not buying it. I, I still don't buy it. And I, I mean, I bought it. I, I bought this. <laughs> That's what a good husband does. I, I bought it. Um, 
but I'm still not buying it. And so they, they know I'm a pastor and they knew I wasn't buying it. So they tried to bring in the spiritual angle on it. And they're like, oh, you know, the oils are all over scripture. You know, the, the wise men, they brought oils to baby Jesus, frankincense. I'm like, yeah, they also brought a myrrh and there better be some gold in that starter kit because I ain't buying it. And then they told me, yeah, but, 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 they said, when Jesus died, when, when the women were going to the tomb and they were going to anoint him with essential oils, <laughs> okay, that's why Jesus rose early on the third day to get away from people like you. Uh-uh. They're coming with the oils. You ain't touching me with that. I mean, look it up. Look it up in the gospels. I'm not lying. Jesus said to Mary, don't touch me. Okay. It's in there. Jesus spoke out against essential oils. All right. I mean, some of y'all like sell those. Oh, I can't go here anymore. If I, that's what he's going to tell me. The thing is, is that we're going to look at the 23rd Psalm here is, is we are, we are constantly looking for that one thing that'll fix everything. That, that one thing that will make me feel better. Because we're all so busy and we're, we're tired and, and we're stressed and, and, and worn out by life. And so we go to, whether it's essential oils, and everybody's got their go-to. You've got something you, you go to just to try to feel a little bit better. Something that will take the edge off. Something... Something to be like a, a, a pick-me-up. I just get something to just pick me up a little bit, make me feel better, and take this stress off of me. Well, David, here in the 23rd Psalm, he, he tells us there's only one thing that will do that. And he tells us right off the bat. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't put it at the middle of the psalm. He doesn't put it at the end of the psalm. He puts it right up front. He doesn't sugarcoat it. But we blow right by this. But he says this, this is the one thing. If you want rest... You, you, you want to have rest in the midst of stress, here's how you do it. He says it in the very first verse in the first four words. Look at it here. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. See, the thing is, we, we, we all have a shepherd. We all have someone or, or something that is our shepherd. Now, it might be, um, might be a relationship. It might be your career. It might be just, some, just stuff. It might be simply your, your feelings. But, but we all have a shepherd. We all, we all have something or someone that we filter all of our decision-making through, like a relationship. You, you make decisions on where you're going to go, how you're going to spend your time based on how this other person is going to react. Are they going to be attracted to me? Are they going to be happy with that decision that I made? Are they going to push back on me? Are they going to do this to me? And so you will make your decisions. You'll filter every decision you make based off of that relationship because you need that relationship. And that relationship is your shepherd. And, and, and if they're gone, your world is going to crumble. So I'm going to do whatever I got to do. So every decision is filtered through that to make that person happy. Some of us, it's our career. It's, it's our job. It's what's waiting on me tomorrow. 
And every decision is filtered through that. In fact, you come in here and you're, you're thinking about, about that, that job and, and you, you're making your decisions on where I'm going to live and, and how I'm going to live and, and what I'm going to do and who I'm saying no to and who I'm saying yes to are all based on the opportunities that are before you in that career. And you know I'm going to do this so that I get this. And so your career is your shepherd. Everything's filtered through that. Or it just might simply be feelings. It can be as simple, your shepherd can be as simple as the feelings you have. You filter every decision and make every decision based on how it makes you feel. If I feel good, I do it. If it makes me feel bad, I don't do it. So based on a relationship, jobs, career, money, whatever it is, how you spend, I, your spending is completely out of control. You don't know why it's out of control. You're trying to reel it in. I tell you why it's not, why it's out of control, why you can't save, why you got to have it is because you have the wrong shepherd because when you spend, it feels good. And when you don't, it doesn't feel good. And you wonder, why is my bank account empty? It's because you have the wrong shepherd. And you're trying to find rest in the midst of stress with the wrong shepherd. So here's David, and he comes along right here in the heart of, this, of the Psalms in the 23rd. He starts off, and he doesn't hide who his shepherd is. He says it right up front. The Lord is my shepherd. So if we miss this, we miss everything. Like It doesn't matter if you pay attention to the rest of the message. If you miss this, you're out. This is where everything starts. This is where rest starts. Rest is found in Jesus and in Jesus alone. Can I get an amen from God's people? Man, that is so, come on, turn to somebody and tell them they need to hear it from you. Say, hey, rest is found in Jesus, not me. Rest is found in Jesus. Find three people right now, turn to rest is found in Jesus. It ain't found in me. Now, I know some of these are your family members that are looking back at you right now, and they're like, I know that rest ain't found in you. You're the, you're the relationship that's putting the stress on me. But I'm not going to say that because we're in church and I'm listening. So David says, the Lord is my shepherd. See, in, in the reason rest is found in Jesus is, is think about this. In Jesus, I, I find hope for, for my heart. Man, I need hope. How many of you need hope? I just need hope for tomorrow. Man, I was talking in first service, uh, Mina and KP, and they're, they're going through a diagnosis and, some, and a scare uh, health-wise, and, and she just needs some hope right now. She needs some hope. And here she sat, first service, right back there, third row from the back, during that song that we sang, could do it again. He did it before. He's going to do it again, and I went over there and wrapped my arms around them and just prayed for them right there because they knew the only place I'm going to find hope is in the house of God with God's people. For some of you, you need healing for your soul. You, 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 you just, just life has just jacked you up, messed you up, and your soul is just all messed up, and there's no rest, and, and you're looking everywhere else. But we know that rest is, and, and healing, healing can only come from Jesus. Those of you that are followers of Jesus, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like you found healing, healing for your sin, for your shame, for your brokenness, for all the junk in your life. And you keep jacking it up and Jesus keeps forgiving it. I don't get that all the time, but that's pretty awesome. Because I don't know anybody else in this world that's going to do that, but Jesus will do it. 
Man, you need peace of mind. Some of you are going so crazy and everything's so nutso right now. And, and, and Jesus, you find that peace of mind. And you want purpose for your life. It's found in Jesus. So this is what David is trying to get said here is because Jesus is my shepherd, I can find rest in the midst of stress. David says it this way, because the Lord's my shepherd, I, I shall not want. I shall not want. The New Living Translation kind of says it this way, uh, because the Lord's my shepherd, I, I have all that I need. I am lacking nothing. I don't need anything else in, in my life. I, I'm content. I'm provided for. I'm at rest. Here's, here's the truth about, about rest is unrest comes from unhealthy decisions and pursuits. Rest comes from healthy decisions and pursuits, but unrest comes from unhealthy decisions and pursuits. How often do we say this? Well, I, I need. Well, I need that. I, I need an iPhone 8. I need that. I mean, if you're seeing it's got, it doesn't have a home button. I need that. It's fantastic. I need that car. I need uh, that lady right there. I need that man. Mm. Oh, I, you're a 10 gym. You're like, I need that man right there. I need, I need, I need that job. I need that. Listen, you don't need that. What you need is a phone, a phone. Did you know that you can have a flip phone and be okay? Did, did you know that? Did you know you can survive in this world if you didn't have an iPhone 8 and you just had a flip phone? You don't need that car. You just need a car. You just need a job. Oh, you don't understand. You don't know the job I have, Brad. I'm making, I'm making minimum wage. Can I tell you something? As a follower of Jesus, it don't matter how much you make. My shepherd provides all that I need. Listen, he always makes up the difference. I, I, I've lived with nothing and I've lived with something, okay? I, I've had everything and I've had nothing in my life. I had times, I remember Laura and I, when we first got married, my first job, I was working, I went into the radio industry and my first job, $600 a month. Six, let that set in for a minute. 600 bucks a month. We were living in a barn that was converted into an apartment. Our dinner table was a card table with folding legs on it. We slept on Laura's grandma and grandpa's old rollaway bed. We had to sleep back to back because we rolled together. Okay? And it's the only way we say something. We just fell together like this. It was. But you know what? That was all that we needed. God always made up the difference. This is who he is. And so many times we, we miss what he has for us and what he wants for us. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The problem is when, when sheep, sheep have this, this they're, they're, they lose, when they lose sight of the shepherd, they're prone to wander. And they'll just wander off. And, they, and when sheep lose sight of the shepherd, they wander off and they get distracted by something shiny. Oh, look at that. And they go that way and they end up away from protection and they end up alone and they end up getting devoured by the wolves. And that's what happens to us. 
But Jesus said this. Jesus said in John 10, 11, I'm the good shepherd. Jesus said he's a good shepherd. If you're not a follower of Jesus, let me tell you today, he's a good shepherd. If you're a follower of Jesus and you're going through it right now and you're like, I don't get it, he's a good shepherd. Come on, turn to somebody and encourage them and say, he's a good shepherd. Come on, tell somebody right now. Tell them, he's a good shepherd. Tell, look back at him and say, hey, you make a lousy shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. Okay? Jesus is a good shepherd. What does that mean? Now, when Jesus spoke, that doesn't, here's the thing. When we talk about shepherds and sheep, for us in the 21st century, we're like, I don't get it. There's not a lot of sheep herders. Anybody a sheep herder by trade? Okay, no. There's just not a lot of us that are herding sheep, buying sheep, and selling sheep, and we're just not doing it. But in Jesus' day, very common. So when he said, I'm the good shepherd, they're all like, he didn't even have to explain it. They all understood that. Because he's a good shepherd. A good shepherd protects the flock. A good shepherd guides the sheep where they need to go. A good shepherd cares for the sheep because you know what? Sometimes sheep get wounded. You ever been wounded? You ever had somebody hurt you? You ever gotten lost? You ever wandered away? I have. You know what the good shepherd does? Goes out and finds you. Comes out looking for you. He doesn't look around and go, oh, cool, I got 99. I don't know where that one went. Frankly, I'm glad that one's gone. <laughs> Be a whole lot easier for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. Bob's gone, you know, and I got a hundred of those. Uh, and no, Jesus looks around and says, Wait, where's Bob? I'll be right back. You all take care. I got some people who are going to care for you. I got I to go find Bob. And Jesus goes looking for you or Susie or whatever your name is. Jesus goes looking for you because he's a because he's a good shepherd. I like what uh, David says in verse two. He says this: "The shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures." So often we think green pastures mean what they don't mean. In, in other words, we think green pastures they they mean wealth, they mean status, they mean career, they mean this and they mean that. And so we push and we push and we push ourselves on those things and we're just worn out and we're tired because we're pursuing the green pastures. And we're just going after those green pastures and we find ourselves saying this, "Hey, how are you doing today?" And we say what? I'm I'm tired or I'm busy. Those are the two most common things I hear over and over, and you hear them too. And how many times have you said that? I've said that before. People say, hey, how you doing? And you're like, oh, man, I'm tired. This is badge of courage we wear, isn't it? Oh, man, I'm busy. Because if you don't say that you're busy, then something is wrong with you, right? Like, when's the last time somebody said, how, how you doing? You went, man, I'm doing great. Really? Why are you doing so well? I took a nap. Are you unemployed? No? No? Okay. Um, when's the last time? I, I think as, as followers of Jesus, I think we need to just take I'm busy and, and I'm tired out of our vocabulary. Now, I'm not saying that we aren't tired. We get physically tired. Our Savior in his bodily form got physically tired. And I'm not saying that we're not stressed and we're, we're not busy or tired. We, we can be that way. But listen, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're following the good shepherd, when somebody says, how are you doing? And you're a child of the living God, of the King of Kings, you ought to say, I'm doing great. But your world is falling apart. I know. <laughs> Crazy. 
I'm doing great. But Brad, you live in a barn. I know. But I'm doing great. Is that a lie? No, it's not a lie because you got to refocus and retrain yourself on what it means to uh, be in a green pasture. We misinterpret what the green pastures are and we buy into what the world and what culture tells you the green pasture is. Well, you got to have the right car, the right spouse, the right relationship, the right job, the right finances, the right 401k, the right blah, 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 blah. And if you don't have that, you can't say you're great. I want to tell you today that even though you may not have any of those things, you are richer than anyone in the world if you have Jesus, because you have access to every resource that you need. Oh, that's good. I need to write that down. That's not even in my notes. That's just good. He makes me lie down. I like the New Living Translation. It says he lets me rest. Oh, that word rest. This word rest, what it, what it means is, it means like to like stretch out for a good meal. Because in, in Jesus' day and back with David, when they would have a meal, it wasn't like, hey, hurry up, golf it down, got to go to practice. Hurry up, eat in your car, because we got to go. No, no, in, in Jesus' day, and the Jewish people still practice this to this day, is they would actually recline, and, and the meal was actually like a social event. You know, all my kids are grown, and they're um, just got one left in the, in the house, this guy who's going to college this fall. My favorite memory, favorite memory, hands down, favorite memory as a dad, eating around the table. Eating around the table. We'd shut off the noise. We'd sit around the table together. We'd just talk, have fun. Well, we, we would, Sky would talk. We would all listen. She, she'd talk, and we would listen. She'd talk some more, and we would, we would listen, and Man, I miss that. But this, we, one of my, Laura says, she says, she always knows she cooks a good meal um, based on how I end the meal. I didn't know I did this, but I guess at the end of the meal, I just kind of lean back if it's a good meal, and I go, <sighs> and she's like, I did it. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even know I was doing that. We need that. We need moments where we can go, We need moments of play. We need moments where we can, where we can rest in, in some green pastures. Because I, I think we all long for them. I think we all long for them. I think, I think we want these green pastures. We want these places of rest, of, of joy and fun. Like recess. Remember recess? Was that not awesome? I wish we had recess again, and, and I think we long for that. But, and, and God leads us to these green pastures every day. He wants us to take advantage of them. He wants you to play. He wants you to smile. He wants you to have fun. So where's your green pasture? Because God wants you to have it. Maybe for you, it's, it's, it's like the fire pit in the backyard. And you're just sitting out there, and you got like the lights on, it's the evening time, and you just listen to some music, and that's your green pasture. Maybe for you, it's running. Maybe for you, it's, it's going on a walk or going hiking. Or, or maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's, it's sitting with your child when they're, remember when my kids were little, and, and they just got out of the bath, and they, they had, it's that baby oil smell. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about, that baby oil smell? And I'd put them up next to me and just get a book, you know, and, 
And I just read them a book. And, and it's in that moment where they're just sweet. You know, that one, one moment you get with them where <laughs> you don't get any other moment, but that's the time where they're sweet and beautiful and you just read them green eggs and ham. And you just smile. Where's your green pasture? Because God wants you to rest in a, a green pasture. And the problem, the reason that I think we miss it is, is we just, we will, we just never slow down. We never slow down and we blow right through the green pasture on our way to greener pastures. This was something God spoke to me on my sabbatical. I was sitting on the back porch, our suburban had broken down, which by the way, if you don't lie down, he will maketh you lie down. You notice that's what the scripture says, right? He makes me lie down. Man, thank you for a shepherd that makes me lie down. You ever gotten sick and been in bed for three days and wondered, what the heck is going on? I got stuff to do. He made you lie down because you wouldn't lie down. Your body is not meant to go at that speed. Your body is not meant to be on an endless treadmill. God didn't create you that way. He created you for rest. He created you for rest in the midst of stress. He created you for a seventh day of rest. But we don't do it, and he will make you lie down. So God made me lie down. Laura had gone to work, and I uh, was without my Suburban for a few days, and I was frustrated sitting on the back porch. I was sitting on the back porch, and I had my, my French press, and, and I had my Bible open trying to hear from the Lord, and, and I was just frustrated. And God said, Brad, that's your problem. You just blow right through the green pastures on the way to greener pastures man that was tough because that's who I am and I had to face that I looked around and God said you see this garden in your backyard you worked on for four years to make it look like this you're not even looking at it and it started thinking about Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve were, were they were planted in a garden it all started in a garden. There was no iPhone in the garden. Okay. There was no job except for working the garden. Okay. There's no pavement. There's no smog. There's no noise. There's no television. There's no YouTube. It was just the garden. God said, you just need to slow down because this is the garden that I have placed you down. And so this is what God does. He leads us to these greener pastures and have you ever laid down in the green pastures, but your mind is elsewhere? Like, you're here, I'm in the green pasture, but your mind is on that email that you got to return, or your, your mind is, is on season five of blah, 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 that you need to watch, or my mind is stressed because of this relationship, and I'm not taking advantage of, of green pastures, and that's when God says, I need you to lie down. So today, I want to give you permission to rest. Tell, tell two people right now, you got permission to rest. You got permission to rest. God is going to give you permission. To God, listen, God wants you to stop and enjoy life. Like, sometimes Christians, we're the worst, okay? Like, as Christians, we should be saying, as I said, what well, we should be saying when somebody says, how you doing? We should say, I'm doing great, okay? We should be the ones who play. We should be the ones who are having the most fun in life. Because listen, when you tell somebody, when somebody says, how are you doing? And you're a follower of Jesus and you say, oh man, I'm just stressed. Oh, I'm so tired. 
Why would they ever want to follow Jesus? That is the worst evangelism tool I've ever heard. We got to stop saying that. When somebody says, how are you doing? You should say, hey, I'm doing great. Because you're remembering who you are. I'm doing great because I'm taking advantage of, of green pastures. God created rest for you. Fun, play. Listen, whatever it is, wherever it is, I want to encourage you, go home today. Put the phone up. Put the phone in the bathroom. Leave it there. Walk away and go do something fun. It's ordained, created by God. But not only does he make us lie down in green pastures, but look at the next part. He says this, he leads me beside the still waters. Did you catch that? He leads me beside the still waters, not, not the raging rapids. Like we, We've never had, the, the, I think, the epic noise and distractions that we have today. Our phone... Our, spo- our phone was supposed to help us, wasn't it? Like it, was in, it was created to make our lives easier, but what has it done? It's only complicated our lives even more. It's, it's like this leash that you're tethered to. It's like walking a bad dog. You ever walked a dog that won't mind and it goes... <coughs> it's like that whenever you take out your phone. Do you ever feel that way? It's, that, it's just hacking at you. <coughs> and it's pulling you wherever it wants to go. It doesn't go <coughs> like that. What it does is it goes... Ding. Oh, well, oh man, I don't, I don't have my, where's my phone? Where's my, I hear a ding somewhere. There's a ding. Hang on, everyone. Somebody call my phone. Someone call my phone. I can't find my phone. None of us have ever done that, have we? But, but we, we're tethered to it. Some, it's not just a leash. For some of us, it's a noose. You got every app, and the great, the, the great thing is, is we have access to everything. The bad news, we have access to everything. Everybody has access to me. One of the funny things to me is when people get mad at me because I don't text them back. They're like, I texted you like an hour ago. Why are you not returning my text? I'm like, because I got a life, honey. Laura, I've got a life. And she's like, seriously? No, I'm, I always text her back. I always text my wife back. <laughs> always text her. Men, we always text our wives back, don't we? Men, we have the, seriously, let me step off. Men, we have this unwritten rule, do we not? Like, if you're in a business meeting or whatever you're in and your phone goes ding, if it's your wife or a phone call from your wife, you go, uh, I, know, I know you're doing heart surgery right now, but I got to take this call. And the man on the table with the doctor having the heart surgery goes, dude, I understand. Take it. Because <laughs> that's what we do. That's what men do. Smart, biblical, good. That's a good nugget for every man here. If you're not doing that, you need to do that, okay? But still waters. The problem is, is we have this phone, and, and we're tethered to it, and then, and then, then, we, have, then we have social media. Whoo! You know, I have not been on social media since I began the sabbatical. I deleted all the apps off my phone. It has been like the best nine weeks of my life. I, I, and I, I think I might go back to it, but I don't know. But you know, the funny thing about, see, we, we convince ourselves that, that, well, I'm on there to stay connected. I want to know what people are doing. No, you don't. You don't want to know what people are doing. You want people to know what you're doing. Come on, let's just be honest. It's church. We are more interested in people knowing what we're doing than what they're doing. What's the first thing most of us do when we get on social media? Do we look through the news feed or the pictures on Instagram? No, we look at the likes. How narcissistic have we become? That, oh, I gotta, I, I gotta check. I gotta check my notifications. I gotta do this. Put that up. And it's just this noise. And let me tell you this, your phone and social media make lousy shepherds. Lousy shepherds. They will not lead you to still waters. 
There's only one thing that will lead us to still waters, and that is Jesus. The New Living Translation says this, he leads me to peaceful streams. So, so David's talking about this quiet place of rest and, and depth. Like, like Jesus said this, he said, I'm the living water. Whoever comes to me will never be thirsty again. All those other things, all those other pursuits, we know they leave us thirsty again. They quench our thirst for a moment, and then they make us thirstier. Did you know social media is addictive? Did you know that? Like they've proven that it's addictive. The endorphins it releases in your brain, just learned this a couple weeks ago, the endorphins it releases in your brain are the same endorphins that are released with alcohol, gambling, and drugs. Same thing. They've set it up so that we get addicted to it. And we get thirsty again, and thirsty again, and thirsty again. And Jesus says, come to me. So what I think still waters is, is still waters is, is walking with Jesus in a quiet place and letting him renew your spirit. Laura and I, on our sabbatical, we were at um, this place called Hume Lake. It's where I grew up. It was in, it's in central California, and it's in the middle of the giant sequoias there. My grandparents had a cabin, and as a little boy, I grew up going to that. We went back to that, and when we went up there to the lake, all of a sudden, we got within about five miles of the campground, and cell service went out. For nine days, we didn't have cell service. No YouTube, no Netflix, no uh, text, no emails, nothing. The only way I could get any kind of reception was to go down to the snack shack, buy Wi-Fi, so that I could at least do iMessaging and check my email in case I had an emergency uh, with our family. And I did that, but I, so I was only doing that like once a day. The rest of the time, it was just me and Laura and God for nine days. Can you imagine that? Like some of y'all are like, where's this place at? I want to go tomorrow. <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't have to wait for that. So many times we're, we're hoping, man, if I just go on vacation. Do you know you can find still waters every single day? God wants to lead you to still waters every single day. What would happen in our lives if we just got up in the morning it took like five or 10 minutes just to sit by the still waters and walk with God for five or 10 minutes. So some of you might say, hey, how many say I'm not a morning person? I'm not, raise your hand. Be honest, it's church, raise your hand. I'm not a morning person, okay? All right, raise your hand. How many of you got up this morning? You got up this morning, okay? All right. Some of you are still not up. That's crazy, okay. Listen, we all have to get up at some point. What if you got up just five or 10 minutes earlier and you said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to get my Bible out. I'm maybe read the 23rd Psalm. We have a God time we set up. You go to corechurch.com. You download the God time. You look at it there. It goes right along with this message. I'm just going to read some scripture. I'm going to spend five, 10 minutes with God and I'm just going to walk with him. How awesome would that be in your life if you started your day that way? Before the noise started. Because here's what we do. We don't. We don't do that. And you wonder why your life is upside down and going crazy and you're just jacked up. It's because you're waking up and instantly the noise hits you. That fast. You haven't even got your feet on the ground and noise hits you. But what if you said, no, 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 I'm going to back it up a little bit. Just me and God. I'll start my day that way. Before the noise hits me. See, what you're doing right now this is sitting beside the still waters. Being in the house of God, this is the still waters. This is why you come every week. 
Like this is why you're like, this is why you get your family up, get your kids here. This is why you, if you're single, you get yourself out of bed and you don't sit at home. One thing I learned about being at, not being here for eight weeks and sitting, sitting outside, I realized, man, I could just stay home. Be easier. Just stay home. I'm tired. I'm going to stay home. Let me, let me just say that. This is the biggest lie ever. You, you get up on a Sunday morning, you're like, man, I'm, honey, I'm, just, I'm tired. Let's just stay home today because I need to rest. <laughs> you really? You, where, who do you think's telling you that? You think God's telling you? Yeah, don't come to my house. The <laughs> last thing you'd want to do is get encouraged. <laughs> don't come. Don't come. Don't be around the people that are going to speak positive in your life. Just wait till tomorrow at work. That'll be super positive. That's not, listen, it's just easier, but you aren't finding rest. When you come in here, you shut out the world and you hear a song and you hear that song and it says to you, man, that's right. God did it before. He'll do it again. That's right. These these mountains and these walls, they're going to fall. I believe that. And you're sitting in church and you're here with a bunch of people, but you're still alone and it's you and God and he's speaking to you and you can't get that if you're not here. And that's why you run to this house every single week. That's why you're in these seats. You don't take a Sunday off. That's why you don't do it. That's why you're here. It's because you're like, I need it. I need the still waters. The noise of this world, the noise of even my family, the noise of the relationships, the noise and things are just overwhelming me. Praise be to God. I got one place I know I can go once a week for one hour and shut the noise off. Because here's what's going to happen in about 10 minutes. The noise is going to be turned back on. There's no way to shut it off. It's the world we live in. It's a noisy world, and you got to fight for the still waters. So you're going to walk out those doors, and you're going to walk into it, but you ain't there yet. you got 10 minutes. Come on, turn to somebody right now and say, i got 10 minutes. Whew, i got 10 minutes. That's good. He's not going to preach for 10 more minutes, is he? I don't think so. Verse 3, this is what happens when you lay down in the meadow and you walk with Jesus by the still waters. He restores my soul. The, The New Living Translation says he renews my strength. This is good news. His mercy and his grace and his love are are showered out on me. If you're not a follower of Jesus, there's some good news for you today. He wants to restore your soul. You know it. You feel it. You're broken. You know you're, you're, you just feel it. You just know your life's upside down. You know which end is up. Guess what? Jesus is here, and he wants to restore you. He wants to give you that energy and that life back that you desire to have. And then it says in verse, the end of verse 3, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The, the thing about sheep is sheep are just dumb. Okay, they're just dumb. They will eat whatever's in front of them. That's why they need a shepherd because they don't, they can't tell the difference between good grass and bad grass. I mean, they're just out there and they're like, oh, hey, dude, try this grass. It's really good. Ooh, that's some good grass. No, it's not. That's some bad grass. But we don't know if we're not following the shepherd. And the shepherd comes along and says, what are you doing? Get that out of your life. Don't do that. Treat this over here much better for you. I'm dumb, okay? Uh, You're like, wow, real prophetic, Brad. We already know that. But I'm not that smart. I'm a dumb sheep. 
I'm prone to make bad decisions. I'm just telling you, I am. I'm prone to make bad decisions. That's why I've got to walk by the still water. That's why I've got to have my, my shepherd speaking into my life and speaking over me. The New Living Translation, listen to this. He guides me along right paths to bring honor to his name. So imagine this. You get up tomorrow morning, set your alarm five, ten minutes early. And sit beside the still waters. No noise. It's you and God. Maybe you read a little scripture, say a little prayer. And then you get up to go about your day. And you have this confidence. I'm on the right path. How awesome would that be? I'm on the right path path because I started by the still water and, and, and I'm, I'm on the right path. I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. Then suddenly you start seeing the green, green meadows and the green pastures. And you're like, hey, I'm going to stop right here and I'm, I'm going to spend some time right here and I'm going to shut everything off so I take advantage of this. And then at the end of your day, just imagine this. You, sit, you, you lay down and you put your head on the pillow and you reflect back on your day and you think about that green pasture, that green meadow. Like, man, I got out of my car and I was headed into the house and my neighbor was there and he been out of town. I talked to him a long time, and I said, "Hey, how you doing?" And he starts talking to me. He starts telling me about his kid and his son's going off to college. I'm like, "Oh man, oh, that's like you know." I tell him, "Hey, my son just moved down." He's like, "Oh man, he just moved out. Yeah, he just moved out." And we have this conversation for like 15 minutes. And you walk in, and you're like, "Man, that's the green meadow right there." That's some conversation. Just a friend. You lay your head on the pillow, and you know that was a day that honored God. 